1: Alright, good morning everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KX and 106.3 on the FM dial. Trent Condon, Ken Miller, grateful that you've decided to spend some of your morning uh, here with Trent and myself. We have a really good guest list here today. Uh, this is as solid as solid can get in my opinion. Not that the other days of the week aren't worth tuning in for, but this is outstanding. I'm going to go uh, to a lot of different places. Kevin Layman's going to start things off. Uh, he's a college basketball analyst. Uh, he will join us at 1025. Washer Systems of Iowa sponsors Kevin's appearance. Bill Bender on the NFL from the sporting news as well as some of the college football news. Bleacher Report uh, broke a story, Trent, uh, yesterday at some point. I guess one of the recruiting violations with Tennessee uh, has apparently uh, been uh, caught up in. They were giving McDonald bags full of money to the recruits as they made their way to visit. That's pretty good. Yeah, not a burger in there, but something you can buy a lot of burgers with, and that apparently came out yesterday. So I saw somebody that had a tweet.
2: Blessed to have an offer from the University of Tennessee, and it was a picture of McDonald's bag. Is that right? It, yeah. So that's, that's uh-huh. what's
1: behind it. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable. Uh, so we'll talk to Bill Bender. We'll do a lot of football, both college and NFL, with Bill. It's Wednesday. That means Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible for us to have David Kaplan, and he will be here at 1105. A lot of ground to cover with Cappy. Looking forward to doing it. Uh, Cubs news will be, I would think, the first up on the uh, talkers talking points with Cappy. We'll get into the Bears a, a, as well at some point as to what they're going to do. Uh, but the Cubs news, uh, the John Lester, the reverberations, it's still uh, a talker over in the Windy City. So Cappy at 11.05, and then south we go to Kansas City. Blair Kirkhoff, good to get him. We get him oh, three or four times of the year. Grateful that he finds time for us. We will pick uh, Blair's brain on, obviously, the AFC Championship, a little Jayhawk conversation, maybe a Philip Rivers uh, question or two as he covered Philip Rivers in at least 32 of Philip Rivers' games as the Chiefs and the Chargers played twice uh, each and every year. So let's start there for a minute. I know local moves the needle, but um, look, Philip Rivers, here's the best part of the news from today. Do you know how he how the news was broken the Philip Rivers is retiring after 17 years in the NFL? I saw it from a writer with the San Diego County You Union. are 100% right. The fact that Philip Rivers decided to... Give the scoop mm-hmm. to a guy that covered him for sixteen years, Kevin Acey. Okay. We've had him on the program. Yeah, a I've heard of times. Yeah. Um, Kevin Acey was the one that uh, got the news from Philip Rivers instead of going to Schefter, instead of going to one of the national guys, Florio or whoever your national guy is. Uh, he wanted the local guy, a guy that covered him, um, you know, on a daily basis for his entire Chargers career. I thought that was really classy on Rivers' part, and you know, one of my favorite quarterbacks in this. Um, in, in the, his era quite frankly the 2004 draft class now Ben Roethlisberger is the only one left standing Eli left last year with a couple of rings Philip Rivers leaves this year without a ring but will get his bust in Canton uh, five years I believe down the line from now yeah, hell of a player Trent the trash talk that went along with it the uh, the, the country boy kind of uh, personality gosh darn it <laughs> dad gum it. Um what a career
2: and one of the ugliest deliveries yes. in modern day but football. It worked. It did, it did work. And that that will be what I remember. And the same thing with Bernie Cozar and that three quarter yeah, yeah. way delivery mm-hmm. that. Kind of like he's shot putting yes. or throwing a dart. His is something you just don't see. It is not how you would draw it up. And uh-uh. it's kind of incredible. You, you think today, with all the quarterback camps that are out there, the Elite 11, on and on and on. Man, the Manning passing camp. If. If that's something we're very early in his even middle school career, if that's something that is quote-unquote fixed. Mm -hmm. And if it's fixed, does he still turn Mm -hmm. out to be the quarterback that he is? Probably not. I mean, you have to have a lot of things go your way just to get to that spot. But an incredible career, a lot of frustrations, a lot of talented teams in San Diego with the Chargers, and I know that will be Mm -hmm. probably a conversation that'll be had. You put together that kind of career, those kind of numbers, but an, NF- an AFC championship game appearance, Fladanian Tomlinson, mm-hmm. some of those defenses, yeah. and that's all you can do. Yeah. That'll be part of the legacy, too.
1: No, it will, unfortunately. Kind of like Dan Marino, right? Man, yeah. Marino got there, at least, in his first year. and Never got back to it, but didn't win it. And he will be one of these quarterbacks that uh, uh, that certainly moved the needle. Hell of a career. Tip of the cap to you. Enjoyed watching you play. Really did. Um, one, of, one of my favorites. So, uh, Big Ten action from last night. Uh, there were three games, the, I mean the Purdue-Ohio State game was good, um, Michigan just trounced Maryland last night. Hunter Dickinson, last couple of games, has not been the guy that we saw or uh, had seen up until that point. I don't know if there's something wrong with him or not, but he wasn't scoring. He certainly had his way with Maryland uh, on, I think it was New Year's Eve I was watching, it wasn't New Year's Eve. I think yeah, was. yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, watch, watching that game and he had his way with them that night. That was good. Uh, and then uh, Illinois is Illinois. Boy, Kofi Coburn, jeez. <laughs> See the block shot he had last night. Uh-huh. Does the little finger wag, the matumbo, the matumbo move. I'm glad he came back. Uh, you know, selfishly, I like when the Big Ten guys or the Big Twelve guys come back and you're able to watch him. And I think that, I mean, clearly, this is going to be it for him after this year. But uh, Illinois looked like the Illinois team that. Some of us feel that's the team that I was going to have to outfinish if they want to win this thing. See, I'm still not there with Illinois. I, there's something
2: off with this team. Penn State is the 13th best of mm-hmm. 14 teams. Yep. It's not a good team. No, it's not. And their coach, their interim coach, you see, got reprimanded earlier this week. I for,
1: didn't. What did he do wrong?
2: He made comments after their last game for Penn State, not the one against officiating? Illinois. Officiating? Uh, yes. And, oh, and okay. what he said, I read the quote, and he said, yeah, I thought the officiating was a little uneven. That's what he said. And he got called to the carpet for that? And he got a $10,000 fine from the Big Ten for that. It wasn't, these refs sucked. These guys should be working out at the pasture. That was the entire quote? That's what he said. There could have been more, but the context, and this was the AP story that I read, that was the quote that they had. That's what he said, and that's what led to not just the public reprimand,
1: but ten thousand dollar fine. Was there anything on the floor during the game that I mean? Why, why would you hold that against him anyway? He I mean, said that's... afterwards that it,
2: when he was asked about it after the suspe- or after the really? uh, the fine, he said he didn't swear. Yeah, it, it wasn't anything where he was berating the official using one of those. key. it was the comments in the post game press conference where he said <laughs> I thought the officiating was a little uneven. Yeah, it's ten grand, ten grand. Yeah, for yeah. an Look, interim coach. All right, that's that's that a happens. Good point. to Tom is that it's that's a good point. Got forty million dollars in the right, bank. Okay. Right. Yep, you do this to an interim guy. Yeah, <laughs> oh, excellent point. Look, Penn State's not very good. They're not. No, and and that's where I am with Illinois. That Ohio State Illinois game over the weekend, and then Ohio State last night yeah. losing to Purdue in that in that fashion. Yeah. I can't make two ways out of Ohio State, but for Illinois, it just feels like those young guys. Haven't quite melded the way
1: that I anticipated yeah, they would. They at this point, they toyed with that Penn State team they last did. night. I mean, yeah. they were playing with them. It's almost like they were—they weren't, you know, purposely embarrassing. But it, but it certainly could have been worse. Of and
2: the freshman guards, who do you like more, Curbelo or Miller? Miller, you do. Yeah, I think so.
1: I think I'm there too. I think more upside, probably. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, had, he played like crap yesterday, but I think you know it was really good in the first twenty minutes. Was Fraser. Mm-hmm. Fraser was yeah. fantastic. Him and Coburn led the way in the first half of that basketball game. Well, he's in his ninth year of eligibility. He's older than Bohannon, right? Is he really? It seems like he is. Has he been there forever? I don't know. He can come back for another year if he wants. <laughs> right. Exactly. They all can. Yeah. Which, you know what? They deserve to going through this. You know how many games are canceled to postponed? Some will end up in the cancellation column, but mm-hmm. right now they're calling them postponed. You know how many games? Take a guess. How many games are canceled? College Post- basketball po- games. College basketball games. Postponed Two night. 25. Well, it's not that bad. Okay. 16. A a 16 was, is a lot. Sixteen's a lot. 16 is a lot.
2: Looking at something like that and where I go to, like, where I get all my scores and my bra- schedules and stuff, they also have the postponed games in there listed. Mm-hmm. And scrolling through, and actually I was looking forward to the weekend as we were getting ready to do our TV show later today inside yep. the numbers, and I was looking for college games that I like, and there's already so many of those games that have already been taken off the board. It's... That's the the new normal, I guess, mm-hmm. is what we continue to go through here. Ultimately, all that matters is it's getting March. to the NCAA right, tournament,
1: right? And I love what Fran McCaffrey did a couple of weeks ago. To flexibility, you have to. They mm-hmm. have to be flexible. Who was it? That was first? Was it Rick Pitino? It might have been Rick Pitino at some point. I mean, before college basketball was even, we weren't even sure Big Ten was going to play football when Pitino mm-hmm. offered this up. You know, if it has to be May Madness, it has to be May Madness. And so I think what? everybody's there. But I don't think they were at the time. Oh, come on.
2: You well, know. and as, as we continue to wait for the expanded rollout of a vaccine, at that time it felt like, eh, eh, May, yeah, everybody should, if they want it, they should be right. able to have it. Now even May. And it, you can't just keep pushing it back. Push it back. Eventually you're going to have to schedule sure. it. Sure. And what they have set up here, the new schedule that officially came out yesterday. What do you think of that? I like it. Compressing it? I like it a lot. In mm-hmm. fact... I might like it a little bit more than the original schedule that there is. First of all, you get a little more build-up to Mm -hmm. it. You get just a single day then for the opening four games, which I kind of like. Giving those 16 seeds even a little bit more spotlight. Yeah, they play on Tuesday and Wednesday, but a little bit more build-up towards it. And then when you get the weekend where you get all of those games, we're lucky for what we do. Yeah. But for most people, no, I know. Unless you're taking a day off at right. of work or even a half day, you're going to miss stuff. Yep, You we'll we'll missed the, the whole thing last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and now on a Saturday, you don't have to miss it. You can sit there and you can watch basketball from wall to wall. And I think that's going to be cool. And then getting into Monday and Tuesday with the round of thirty-two matchups, I think it's going to be incredible.
1: Yeah, I do too. It's going to be fun. Um, you know, fingers crossed, and we have no idea when we'll see it, but, uh, I'm with you, Trent. I think it's absolutely going to happen. I think financially it, uh, clearly has to happen, and they will, uh, uh, move heaven and earth to make sure that it does happen. Uh, Iowa State won't happen tonight. It, they will not play again on, uh, Saturday. Their game against Texas Tech has been postponed. Uh, the Big 12. Uh, built in that what is it ten days twelve days mm-hmm. between the end of the regular season and what we think will be the at least it 's on the schedule as the uh, the big twelve conference tournament is all, as all was as the majority of conference tournaments are that week um I could see that going by the wayside. Bolesby, and I read Randy Peterson's article from a couple of days ago. You know, when uh, you you speculated, and you're 100% right, what the hell they play in the SEC Big 12 Challenge now. I mean, does Iowa State in a pandemic really need to go and get on an airplane and go to Starkville, Mississippi? I I don't think they do. And and look at the SEC has how many teams are in the SEC that are worth a damn?
2: Alabama, apparently, after last night. What
1: a Tennessee? Nate
2: Oates. Jesus. Hey, take that, Coach K. I'll call yeah. you out, and my team's good on top of it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good they're point. They're basketball school now. I guess. No more football in Alabama. But being, Kentucky's awful. Yeah. There, there's, there's, uh, Florida played Florida well last okay, night. okay, but not They're great. so inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Mike White might be in trouble there. I, I heard that over the weekend.
1: Yeah, I wonder what, what, might, I wonder what might be in trouble means this year. Well. You know, is there... In trouble means in trouble. We saw it in
2: football and we're going to see it in basketball. You're in trouble,
1: you're going to be fired. Mm -hmm. They will find the money. I guess they always find the money. Uh, we we shall see. So that's uh, that's uh, we got a busy 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 program here today. Looking forward to speaking uh, with all of them. Um, there was a baseball nugget that came out that I wanted to bring up with you. Oh, was it George Springer well, signing with your Blue Jays? How about that? Good for them. I mean, they had to go to uh, they had to go an extra year, but Kirby uh, Yates also going yeah, there. Yeah, he's uh, he, he had a tryout at Dunedin. I wonder where they're going to play. And, and you know what, yeah. I, I hear from free agents or from, their, from the agents that not knowing where they're going to play is a factor on where they're going. Is it really? I mean, $150 million, $150 million, so you've so you got to play a half a year in Buffalo. Yeah. You're not going to live in Toronto full-time anyway.
2: You wouldn't think so, no.
1: I mean, I don't think any of them do. Right. Um, but why would that be a factor? I think it's an excuse. I don't
2: think it's a factor. Family. you got kids. You want to know where they're going to go to school. That type of thing, I guess, would would you would be. put
1: your kid in school in Canada? Yeah, I would. Because you're only up there, right? April, May, June, and then school in September? I, I don't know. So you think they're going to live... And look, I went through the Canadian school system. I'm not knocking <laughs> the education system in, in my home country. I'm not doing that. It's just, um, I don't know. Yeah,
2: I, I'm sure it's different for every family, and that's got to be probably a conversation. All right, if we're going to do this and we're going to sign a five six seven year deal mm-hmm. this is where we're going to live this is going to we're going to be part of that community and when you don't know well all right it's going to be buffalo this year and actually it might be tampa boy that's more yeah. than just uh hopping in a, a quick ride across the border it's going to be a lot more significant than that so you get in yeah is it is it an excuse
1: yeah i think it's an excuse. but it's in a valid excuse i believe too all right uh jet hoyer is um Look, Theo jumped at the right time, right? Yes. Because this is a complete tear down. I'm looking so forward to speaking with Cappy uh, at 11:05 today. Um, that team, from where they were and just recently to where they're at now, you know, when um, when the Rickets spend all that money snapping up all that property around Wrigley Field, we've seen other sports entities do it. Um, Fenway Park, Churchill Downs bought all the—Churchill Downs is in a neighborhood. It, it, it's in an old, old neighborhood, and all those old houses were purchased over, I'm guessing a little bit over market price, gutted and torn down, and they've made that like the Churchill Downs experience around okay. there, right? And that's what they did. That's what the Cubs did with Wrigley Field. And I'm assuming, you know, had things gone according to plan, that, that would, they would have got their return on investment. But to make that matters even worse, to to launch a television network that is going to, like, the Yes Network or whatever. Uh, and the Rickets had piles and piles and piles of money before this. They don't TD Ameritrade, for God's sakes. Now they're broke. Now they're broke. The $5 million was... Was was something that they couldn't afford to bring on for John and nobody's saying John Lester's gonna be the ace. <laughs> right. But he was gonna be a good five guy, but he's more so he's a clubhouse guy, right? Sure. He's the greatest free agent signing in the history of the Cubs. I think everybody would tell you that. But the times are so dire on the north side of Chicago, I don't wanna call it greed. I just want maybe mismanagement's the right term to call what the what, what they did. Maybe it's nothing more than bad luck.
2: How often during that run did we talk about Trey and Kyle Schwarber And at the team well, to, his first year. to augment what they had mm-hmm. to take this team maybe to another level and to win now? And they didn't because they thought he was going to be a forty five home run year kind of guy. Yep. He's not that. Nope. There's a lot more holes in his game. He's a better left
1: fielder than he was. Right, now, but he's the not bar... the hitter
2: that they thought he was no. going to be. They thought he was going to be a Hall of Fame hitter. Yeah. He's not close to that. No. Nope. He's a he's a guy with some pop. But that, when it's, fun, when it's fun to watch when he connects it. Chris Bryant. Uh-huh. MVP. Yeah, but then what? And then nothing. Right. So is this more, when you look and at the totality. And injuries have played a part, to be fair. And they always do, uh-huh. with, with anybody. But when you look at that totality, is it the mismanagement that you talked about
1: or is it more just bad luck? I, I think luck, I mean, clearly luck. I mean, yeah. you know, the Marquee Network, they've got no programming on that. Uh, no one's going to the um, uh, the Wrigleyville or whatever they call it. Look, it's not like the, the everyday life. If they keep Wilson Contreras, and apparently I guess he's the guy that might be the— I mean, go around the infield. Contreras— Behind the plate, let's mm-hmm. say he stays there. But then Rizzo, who's going to play second base? Probably Bodie or Nico Horner. Horner, yeah. Um, Javi Baez, Chris Bryan at the hot corner. Outfield, look, Jason Haps, uh, Ian Hap, uh, Jason I- Ian Hap, Jason Hayward. Okay, yeah, Ian Hap's going to play center. Jason Hayward, that contract is huge, um, and I, I think he's got what a couple three years left on it. Who are we missing? So Hap, who's going to play? He's going to be well, left field. It'll be Bodie then. Probably, yeah,
2: yeah, probably. So, Bodie will be your left fielder, right? and right
1: that's not a bad lineup. It's not awful. It's not terrible. Doesn't get in on that, base in real that well. division.
2: Don't got a leadoff
1: guy. No, we no, I haven't guy. had a leadoff guy for a while, and I that's mean, been a problem too. It has been for a while. Does
2: this this is something I, I have on my docket to mention to Cappy? Theo Epstein,
3: mm-hmm.
2: he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, he can do whatever he wants, basically, Agreed. and a lot of not just baseball, but a lot of different mm-hmm. walks. But the way that it ended with the Red Sox, mm-hmm. now the way that it's ending with the Cubs, we all know that loud mouth in the corner right at the bar
1: that yeah, but is that going to be the yeah, but for Theo? I don't think so, Trent. What he did will never be duplicating. Taking two moribund franchises, I mean record wise, right? There's mm-hmm. not that they're the Cubs were the Cubs. They're going people are going to go watch the Cubs because it's the experience. Same, Same thing thing Fenway with Fenway Park. Yeah, yeah. Fenway Park is spectacular. By the way, have you been there? I have not. I'm glad I got there. I'm so glad I got there. But it, it's about the experience, right? Even when the Cubs suck, mm-hmm. you right. want to go sit yeah. in the bleachers. Mm-hmm. I I, first, I couldn't believe it the first time I sat in the bleachers. It's like going to a bar. <laughs> it's so fun. It really is. Yeah. I mean, you go to be seen. If you're single, <laughs> right. honestly.
2: Yeah, go to Sluggers
1: afterwards, get in the batting is. cages. It's a, a hell of back. a time. Yes. It's a hell of a time. But for what he did by getting the Red Sox to the promised land and then doing it with the Cubs... No, that's 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 his tombstone. That that's that, that's how you remember him. There will not be that. Dot, I don't dot, think dot. so.
2: There'll but, be a. There'll be some, but not many.
1: Sure. Did he get out before the you know head of the posse? Maybe. I mean, he knew what. Another was reason coming. he's smart. Another reason he's smart. Absolutely. He saw this gutting coming and. That's where we're at. Anyways, we'll talk more baseball with Cappy. It's fun to talk baseball in the middle of January, periodically. We're not going to do it a lot today. We have a busy show. Kevin Lehman coming up next. We'll speak with Kevin Lehman. He had uh, the Panthers this past couple of weeks. We'll get him. Bill Bender, 1045. Look forward to Cappy, 1105. And then Blair Kirchhoff from the Kansas City Star. Jeff, before we get to our break, we've got a keyword coming up right after Jeff's. So, Jeff, take it away. What's on your mind?
4: Well, you know, I'm kind of a Cub fan, and, you know, maybe I'm missing something, but, you know, when they gave Lester that deal, it was like six years, $160, 170000000 mm-hmm. They go to three NLCS. Yep. They win a World Series. You can't tell me that contract isn't paid for. Oh, gosh. Of course it is. Can't, Absolutely. You, you can't tell me it's not worth the contract. So, now. You know, listening to cup ownership, you know, they're saying, you know, they lost $300, $400 million. That's not tip money. I understand that. Mm -hmm. Now, as a fan, if you're going to trade away these pieces and and they didn't work out, and and that's great. I understand that. But you still want people to come to the game. And John Lester was a staple. The guy wanted to stay in Chicago to end his career. All those things that you guys have mentioned and we've read, you know, going to bars and paying for Budweiser's and paying for old styles and all of that. He wanted one year for I heard three to five million. Yep, and you can't keep him on the you can't keep him on the roster as a, as a number five. I know. I mean, you're gonna you're you're gonna lose fans, and if they trade Javi down the road for pieces, mm. and I understand mm. Trent said, oh, you know, if they trade Javi, they'll get. I understand that, but if you trade, you he can't trade him, yeah, you can't trade him, no. If you want people to watch, right. so I
1: don't know. Yeah, Jeff, thanks for the call. It's it's, it's uh, going to be a, it's been a fascinating off season. Been yeah. fascinating the last couple of years. Watching this team go from the absolute top to boom, plummeting out the way that they did as quickly as they did with all those guys. Uh, mismanagement
2: of cash, didn't sign the right guys, didn't get the right contracts, and I mean the Kimbrough contract was Chatwood. Eh. Yeah. Some forty million dollars into nothing. <laughs>
1: he gave you a couple of games.
2: Wow. <laughs> a couple of games. You get a couple of games yeah. from most anybody. Guys now, can... I
1: where I would I, I do differ I, I do differ from some people and look at Chapman is a first class a hole for what he did, mm. right? But he's playing baseball. Yeah. And um you gave up a lot to get him, but look what he did. You know? I I understand I understand the blowback on that one I do you you gotta plug your nose if you're a Cubs fan when you bring a guy with that baggage over to your franchise you know is it worth the price of winning what uh, what comes along with this guy the Cubs thought it was and in the end they had a parade so I I understand that side of things too all right Bill Bender in twenty minutes Kevin Lehman in five minutes keyword right now time for another thousand dollar slam dunk. Text the keyword love to 200, 200. Right now it's your chance at a $1,000. Love to 200, 200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. 1025 on a Wednesday. The keyword is love. Miller and Condon back after these messages on 1460KX and, and 0106. First. Welcome back. 10.30 Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXN0, 106.3 FM. Bill Bender from the Sporting News in about 15 minutes. Right now, Kevin Lehman, college basketball analyst. He had some ESPN work last weekend, the Deuce and the Mothership as he uh, watched the Panthers and Loyola uh, of Chicago. And Let's get Kevin in here. Kevin, Trent Ken, as always, good to speak with you as we pick your brain on the, on the Big Four here in the state. We'll get to the Panthers in a second. I want to start with Drake. If you will they will they're now scheduled to begin to resume play uh, better way to put it next Tuesday Kevin so that layoff as you know is about what 22 some 22 days or thereabouts um, how should we look at that Kevin what what do we expect to see a team that you know goes back to square one uh, as far as what we saw once the you know the season began how do what, what do you expect when we see Drake for the first time?
0: Well, Ken, I think that's a great question, because I had that same thought when Gonzaga had the long layoff before they played the Hawkeyes, and they came out playing great. And then I had Bradley long layoff before they played Northern Iowa, and I thought the second game of that two-game series, we'd see tired legs out of Bradley. Mm. Did not. But here's what I'm starting to find out. It depends, if, you're, if your student athlete does have COVID, then his... He has to come back like 15 minutes of uh, conditioning to 30 minutes, but if he does not, if he just contact Trace, he can work out one-on-one with one of your uh, staff for an hour. So these guys, if you just contact Trace, you're in the gym shooting the basketball.
2: So a chance for guys to kind of hit the ground running, and we've seen varying degrees of that. We've seen... How good Gonzaga looked coming out in that yeah. game against Iowa. Jalen Suggs had more three-pointers than he has ever in his career, and we've seen the other part of it where teams have struggled a little bit. Drake, their numbers, their statistical model with the net rankings and the RPI, and every, everything looks really good there. But look at the resume. There's not a whole lot of meat there. Of course, they're going to have more opportunities here. Do you still believe, though, if this team goes out, loses two, three, maybe four games in the end, do they have a good enough profile to be an at-large team, or is this still going to be, by the time we get there, unless they run the table, say, to the championship game, it's going to have to be, you have to win down at Arch Madness?
0: Sure, I think it's probably a comparison to what we saw with Northern Iowa last year, where we thought they were in the uh, tournament as an at-large, and then they get blasted by Drake in the first round of the Valley Tournament, and all of a sudden, they're outside the bubble looking in. Uh, I think when you look at mid-majors, and what the net does now that Drake's got to win, you know, they got that big series with Loyola. They got the big series with Bradley. They've got to win those games to come because that's we start looking at those quad one wins. That's the only opportunities. And here's what they have since Loyola's at home. That's probably going to be a quad two. So <laughs> when they go to Bradley, that's probably going to be a quad two. So when you start factoring what the net does, it's hard for a team like Drake especially this year we don't have traditional home-and-homes, to build that resume in the net, uh, where they talk about quad one, quad two wins. The Big Ten, Iowa, almost every game they have falls in that category, but not if you're in the Valley. So that is the uphill climb for the Bulldogs. Hmm.
1: Speaking of uphill climbs, uh, let's stay in Central Iowa, then we'll head east and, and uh, northeast uh, w- with the Panthers, who you saw a couple of times this past weekend. Uh, Iowa State's in the same boat as Drake is. A significant layoff. They'll go from the 9th of, uh, the 9th of January till at least uh, Monday. They were scheduled to play Saturday against uh, in Lubbock. That game is now off. Oklahoma State is scheduled to play Monday before that SEC Big 12 uh, crossover So here, here's the difference with Drake Or I want to ask you if there's a difference with Drake Drake is unbeaten, we know at the start that they're off to Their kids have to be chomping at the bit To get out there, conversely It's not a good season for Iowa State They're, they're winless in conference Does Prohm have a bigger um, hill to climb to get his kids Back and focused again, knowing That there's really not a lot to play for uh, um, For Iowa State this year
0: Ken, okay, I think sometimes when you're in a situation like that, it's a clean slate with the coaches and their staff. And a layoff is sometimes good when you're not. So playing start well. over.
1: Actually, is that what you're saying?
0: It's, yeah. Okay. Most of them just really good. If you're playing bad, you got that sour taste in your mouth. You get away from it for a time. I think that helps teams in those situations. Okay. Sometimes it makes you a little more dangerous. They got nothing to, you know, they got nothing to lose now. Uh-huh. Uh, that's one thing you can load your gun with. So I, I think for Iowa State, we'll see how they respond to this, but. Uh, to me, I think it's a good thing that you get the layoff if you the Cyclones.
2: You and I added a couple of games with the cancellations happening around them, a, a couple of non-D1 games, and you'll be at one of those tomorrow night before they head out to Southern Illinois this weekend. Panthers is still growing pains. It's going to be a long season. What have you seen out of them, though, as of late? What kind of improvements are you seeing, if any?
0: Well, it's been, uh, as Jake says, Two steps forward, one step back, especially uh. with his freshmen. And I asked him that question because uh, I thought Heise and Bowen Bourne played really well in that Bradley series. And when I had the discussion with him, Trent, prior to Loyola, he said, "Here's what you got to understand: they have not seen as freshmen. They haven't been to Gentile Arena. They have not seen Cameron Crutwig up close and hmm. what he does to them. Uh, <laughs> so they struggled that series. It was, you know, they their youth really came out." And what Loyola does, they take your best perimeter player out of the game. They did that with Trey Burhoff. You look at his numbers; did not hit a three in that game at Loyola. Uh, I think it was like four for sixteen. They really put the clamps on him, and he's got to come through. Burhoff and Pite's got to have big games for this Northern Iowa team to win.
1: Uh, Kevin, before we get into Iowa, um, just your take overall on 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 the Big Ten and and where. You know where where you see this Hawkeye team? They're they're clearly you know Michigan finally uh, got beat. They go to the uh, to the barn up in uh, the Twin Cities where Iowa fell on Christmas night. Uh, Michigan gets picked off in that uh, when they were there over the weekend. So what does this do as far as the Big Ten to you? Where are you pecking order wise on the Big Ten before we get into specifics about the Hawks? Well,
0: here is another one, Ken. Illinois loses two at home. They lose to Maryland at home. They lose to Ohio State at home. And right when I thought Ohio State was a team to watch out for, they lose to Purdue at home. So it's your Big Ten that we thought this is a meat grinder, especially in those top half. And you look at teams kind of surging. Purdue's surging right now. I thought Ohio State was surging
3: mm-hmm. it's the I last night.
0: You've got to look at yeah. It feels like you got to look at Atlanta as a dangerous team because of uh, the Sumo and Coburn and that in that lineup with them. And, don't forget about Wisconsin. I really think there's a line of separation here where you got Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, Illinois at the top. Mm-hmm. Purdue and Ohio State-Minnesota right there challenging is that next group.
1: Well, Minnesota's home for sure. <laughs> right, yeah,
2: different team where they go on the road as opposed to what we see in the barn. So Iowa gets it done. Uh, their game this weekend with Nebraska has already been called off. Nebraska dealing with their own issues with COVID. Uh, with that, have you heard anything, Kevin, in terms of possibility of rescheduling. Iowa is scheduled to play nine days from today. That matchup with Illinois, the only one of the season. They were Illinois, was supposed to play Michigan State this weekend. Any possible uh, shuffling you're hearing about that schedule?
0: I haven't heard any. You know, I know the Valley built those two dead times in to do their rescheduling. Unfortunately, Drake still got COVID during the middle of this, and this is the weekend that you're seeing some of that done in the Valley. I don't know if the Big Ten – did that? There's history. I think what they did is left the time open at the end of the season, prior to the conference tournament, uh, to do their rescheduling of games. And you know, we're seeing so many cancellations yeah. and postponements. That's going to be a really busy week if that's true.
1: Sixteen games shelved tonight, Kevin. Sixteen. Think about that. Post. They're calling them postponed for now, but sixteen. This is just tonight. This doesn't include yesterday or, or Thursday or this weekend. Oh, man, fingers crossed. Got to be flexible, right? You got to be able to, as as McCaffrey said uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, you just have to, you know, roll with the punches. If you have to push everything back, you have to push everything back.
0: Well, I really can to that point. I think the older your team is, the more mature your team is, and the more experienced your team is, the better you are off in this COVID situation. And it makes me wonder, with all these cancellations you just talked about, how can we pull off? in the NCAA tournament. I just don't see how it's going to happen without a number of flaws and hiccups Mm. throughout.
2: Got to be careful. Got to get it done, though. And be a little bit lucky, too. And there's going to be probably an unfortunate team that's going to have to cancel, forfeit, whatever it Mm. turns out to be when we get to that point. Kevin, uh, one final thing as we look big picture at college basketball. We were texting yesterday. You sent me a note. Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, all out of the AP Top 25 for the first time since 1961. The other Blue Bloods, Indiana's not very good. McCronin's doing a decent job at UCLA, but it's just its one of those seasons that is incredibly odd. Just your takeaway as you look at college basketball and see these top-level teams struggling so much.
0: Well, traditionally, when you talk about Blue Bloods, those six teams come up. Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Indiana, UCLA. And my argument right now is this is not your daddy's Indiana with Bobby Knight. Uh, I can't even put them in that blue blood category. They've struggled for quite some time. You say he's coming back with Cronin, but we—I think we have a new uh, a new college basketball Gonzaga, Butler. You got new faces, Villanova at the
3: Baylor. Top.
0: I think we're Baylor, and uh, yeah, that's what I meant to say. Did I say Butler? Yeah, but it's yeah, all right. Back to the point. It's not you know. Think about when Nebraska dominated college football. This is, not, this is college basketball. It's not your daddy's mm-hmm. Nebraska anymore. It's the same true in college basketball. We're seeing a real reshuffling of power in college basketball.
1: Michigan State's two and four in conference play. So here's another Think one. Think about that. Kevin, we'll speak with you next week. So where are you this uh, – do you have an, uh, an assignment this weekend? Are you on the road?
0: Uh, yeah, I've got a good one. I've got Loyola at Bradley. And uh, when you talk about Drake trying to get a resume put together – for an at-large bid, Loyola's in the same boat, so is Bradley. Loy- Loyola's got a pretty good net, and they can move it up high if they can win it, Bradley.
1: Both one-loss teams in conference play. Kevin, we'll speak with you next week. Thank you, Kevin Lehman. All right, guys. Have a good one. Yep, you're the same. Kevin Lehman, Washer Systems of Iowa, sponsors our conversation uh, weekly conversation with Kevin Lehman. Good stuff,
2: as always, from Kevin. Thanks to Jeff Egley and the great crew, Washer Systems of Iowa. Pressure washers looking for a heater as it is cold outside. They can help you out at Washer Systems of Iowa. Thanks to Jeff and everybody over there. Again, you can find them uh, just over off of Northeast 60th Street, Washer Systems of Iowa.
1: All right, we'll come back with Bill Bender from the Sporting News. David Kaplan at eleven oh five. Blair Kirchhoff from the Kansas City Star at eleven twenty five. Miller and Condon till noon on fourteen sixty KXNO. One of their families.
0: Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on fourteen sixty KXNO, and now on one hundred six point three FM. This is KXNO.
1: and welcome back to Moines Sports Station 1460 KX and all 106.3 FM. Let's get to our friend Bill Bender from the Sporting News. We talk football with Bill on a weekly basis in this time slot. Uh, today being no different, we'll get to the NFC and the AFC Championship games in a moment. Bill, as always, thank you for doing this for us. I, I guess we better start with Tennessee and some of the news that's trickling out of um, of the program. The McDonald's bag no, full okay. of cash. I mean. Um, that was broken, I believe, by Bleacher Report. Bill, this went uh, this went downhill very, very quickly, did it not?
5: Yeah, I did. I mean, the, you know, it's turning into a mess, and this is what happens: is you know, Pat Forty and some others have written that you let the kind of the fans take over the program, and uh, you get what you pay for sometimes. And you know, between the recruiting mess and the rush to try to get back to competitive. You know, Tennessee, I've always looked at them as a good program. Me but too. they are behind the others. Yep. And now I think it's time that they go get – they've got to go one of two ways. They either go get a Gus Malzahn and a Hugh Freeze, or they go down to the group of five and get a Jamie Chadwell or a Bill Clark or a Billy Napier. And they have to get a real coach that's that's dedicated that's not going to listen to the noise from that fan base and try to build this program the right way.
2: It's such an interesting job, won a national championship after the 98 season, after Peyton Manning had left, and they uh, go out there and get it done. T. Martin, the quarterback, it's a job, though, that I've heard is a lot more difficult than it was in the 80s and 90s when they had so much success, and a big part of that is the resurgence we've seen out of Georgia. That's an area Mm -hmm. that they recruited at an incredibly high level, and now Georgia, they get their pick of the litter of anybody out of Georgia but they also have to get an athletic director. In the SEC, the athletic director job, it, it, maybe it seems more important, at least on the surface mm-hmm. level as I look at it. Is, is that true? Is, is an AD more important in the SEC?
5: Well, I mean, an AD is important everywhere. I mean, just from an organizational standpoint. And I think uh, for Tennessee, it's going to be about trying to compete with Florida and competing with Georgia and trying to build a program that, that can compete with them. And, um, again, they fell so far behind that everybody really took
3: some
5: chances he should not take it. And uh, I don't know. I think it's just an impossibly hard job. I always compare it to Michigan because I think it's very similar programs. I always think they're kind of cousins. They've been searching for a formula that works in the 90s, but they, at the same time the, the programs haven't evolved. And, that continues to be the case with Tennessee. And how many times do we have to hear that they don't beat their rivals? It's because they've fallen so far behind, it's more difficult to do that.
1: Um. Last question. on this. Who would be the home run hire, Bill? Who would be the, wow, okay, now there's an upgrade. Things are moving in the right direction. Who would be that guy? Is there one? I don't
5: the best hire isn't doesn't answer that question the right way because I still think Hugh Freeze would be the best hire. Okay, but you know you, he comes with a a, <laughs> yeah. a ton of baggage from old Miss, and mm-hmm. people are always questioning him. But I mean, in terms of getting them back to where they want to be the fastest, it would probably be Hugh Freeze or Gus Malzahn. Now, mm. if they want to take some time and do it that way, I think Billy Napier is the call they got to make.
2: Jim Harbaugh, we haven't talked with uh, about him with you. We had so many games going on. But his contract extension, the details are certainly interesting. The base salary much lower than what he's seen in the past. And you get the extension that isn't quite an extension. Fill us in a little bit more. I'm sure you've dove uh, deeper into the details of Harbaugh and this new contract that he has.
5: Oh, it makes sense. I think for them it makes sense. It's a good hire. I mean, a good, good extension because now he can go out and prove it. And uh, he's already started to do that. You're seeing the moves he's making on the staff. I think bringing in Mike Hart was a really good play um, because that's the last running back I can remember at Michigan that was all-American caliber. Mm -hmm. Um, They've brought in a little bit of youth there. I mean, he obviously, they both made a decision that I think made sense for them. Jim Harbaugh wasn't getting NFL interest. Might as well try to keep going. Ward Manuel probably didn't have another candidate lined up. You know, Matt Campbell made a free. It's pretty clear that he was going to stay. And kind of the indicator there was all those guys were staying in school. Mm-hmm. You know, Cooler and Hurdy and those guys, maybe they don't stay if Campbell leaves. So I think Campbell will always be there if Harbaugh flames out. And that's, that's, maybe their next move if it
1: doesn't work out. Uh Bill um I, th- I thought we get to the NFL we will. Uh, just your take uh, you covered Urban Meyer for a long long time. Uh him taking the Jacksonville gig selfishly as I've said uh, on the show here. I wish he would have stayed. I loved what he and Donardo do those vignettes on the Big 10 network. It's appointment television for me during football season. But uh that aside, um what what uh, what what kind of success or or will this ultimately lead to success in the NFL with Urban um, we'll see. I think it's somewhere
5: in between. I don't know that it'll be, you know, Jimmy Johnson building this Super Bowl machine that he did in Dallas, but I don't know that it'll be a flame out like a Steve Spurrier or a Bobby Petrina. I think it'll be somewhere in between. I mean, the good thing for Meyer is he starts out with a franchise quarterback, a ton of money in cap space and you know, you're seeing the situations in Houston with Deshaun Watson and Phillip Rivers retiring today that and maybe they could build something that could compete in the AFC South sooner rather than later, and that's the vision to do it. Urban clearly researched this move over the last two years. I just think he'll be somewhere in between, and it won't be the complete burnout failure that some are projecting.
2: Let's jump to the NFL. Bill Bender joining us from the Sporting News. and Bill, you're a Packers fan, so maybe this is a little bit of a different kind of conversation for you, but... After Aaron Rodgers did the Key and peel double-pump celebration after the touchdown and the 10 nothing lead, it was all Tampa in that yeah, first was. meeting. How concerning is that matchup, if anything? It was back in October, different teams as we play here in January. What do you take away, if anything, from that game?
5: I mean, no, they can't make mistakes that they made in the second quarter. The back-to-back interceptions really ignited a blowout. If you look at that, that was the only game where Rodgers threw multiple picks. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, Brady, when he throws multiple picks, Tampa Bay's 0-4. And that's kind of the margin I'm looking at for Sunday. So I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm a huge Packers fan, as you know. Uh, it's a stiff challenge when you go up against that Tampa Bay team and they're playing well. But, mm-hmm. you know, they've got – I think it it starts with what worked against the Rams. And that if Green Bay runs the ball – like they did against the Rams, they're going to win the game. So that's the biggest challenge to me. Can they get that running game going against LaBonte David and Devin White?
1: Yeah, Devin White. My God, what a uh, what a game he had! And they didn't get, they didn't run the ball against Tampa uh, when when they played earlier this year. And I know in some of it was a product of the score, trying to throw to come from behind. But uh, um, Jones had 15 yards in that football game. They they've got to uh, uh, obviously do better than that. All right, let's move the other way. Well, you know, just one more on that. Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady. Um, look at this is these are two of the quarterbacks of their era, right? Is it more important for for Rodgers to beat Brady's got all of those rings Aaron Rodgers they they're both first ballot hall of famers without a doubt. Is it more important for Rodgers to win this game? I I mean I've got that
5: I guess. I mean neither one of them have anything to prove That's but I mean true. with Rodgers I mean he, as I wrote earlier this week I mean he's joined the been in the NFC championship 5 times now. This is the second time they've been favored and this is the first one at home. So, yeah, from a legacy-building standpoint, you probably could use that because once you get into that two-time Super Bowl winner phase, then then you start to enter some different conversations. So, in that light, maybe yes. I I just think they're both going to put on a show. It's, It's the next best thing to get in a Super Bowl with those two, which we never did when they were in New England and Green Bay, and it'll probably be a pretty close game.
2: So, on the other side, we get the matchup in the AFC, number one, number two. In Kansas City, but we just wait. Patrick Mahomes, is it when you're trying to break this game down? Just as simple as we have to know more about Mahomes before you can even try to dive in.
5: Yeah, I mean, really, it is. But I mean, you know, you got to give Chad Henney credit for getting that mm-hmm. first down. Yep. You know, in a game that was tidy through a really bad interception, he bounced back and made a couple first downs to get them to win. Now, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, but assuming Mahomes plays, I think it's how. You know, comfortable is he in the pocket? You know, what, Russ, does he have any issues there? But I don't think, I mean, if he's cleared, you can assume the answer's no. And will they do what they did in the first meeting, which is run all over the Bills? And uh, Travis Kelsey caught a couple touchdowns. So that's going to be a fun game, too. I like the Chiefs if Mahomes is on the field, and Andy Reid showed why. (laughs) I mean, that guy's going to do anything necessary to go get the win, which he did last week.
1: Indeed he did. Last thing for you Bill, we're about a month away from the FCS, so two-parter. Um... Will you cover it for the sporting news as their college football guy? And what, what kind of I mean, what kind of uh, I guess reception will this will this get? I have no idea. Television wise, it sounds like there's going to be a lot of ESPN Plus, ESPN three. But what, what what will this do? Will football fans be starved? And will we gravitate to this? Or how will it be received? And will you cover it?
5: No, well, people will watch it. I'll watch as much as I can. Um, I know that falls around the NCAA tournament. I typically. Help with basketball as well at that time, so we'll see. I mean, that does fill that void that you know the XFL ventured into that space last year. The AAF has tried that, and um, so yeah, people will watch it. Football and people watch football all year round, and uh, at least it's a chance for some of those schools to play, and that's exciting.
1: Indeed, it is, Bill. Thank you. We will. uh, I'm sure we'll impose on you again next week. Thank you, Bill Bender. Appreciate you coming on.
5: Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk
1: to you, Bill Bender from the Sporting News. SportingNews.com. Cappy, David Kaplan, coming up next from Chicago, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. Blair Kirkhoff down to Kansas City to get the latest on Patrick Mahomes. Longtime columnist with the star. Miller and Condon till noon, 1460. KX and Owen 106.3 FM.